Hey everybody, this is Kim Blackwell and Louis Extravaganza and this is Work, Work, the podcast. Voices for the voices that go unheard. Work the Podcast is sponsored in part by Oscars in downtown Palm Springs. Oscars is a special events venue, casual bar, and restaurant. Oscars plays host to a variety of events throughout the week, including live blues music on Monday evenings, a female celebrity impersonator show called Oscars Cabaret on Friday and Saturday nights, a super fun drag brunch called Bitchiest Brunch on Sunday mornings, and the world-famous tea dance on Sunday nights from 4 to 8 p.m. For a complete list of their events and dinner menus, please visit OscarsPalmSprings.com. All right, guys, welcome, welcome to Work, the podcast with I am Kim Blackwell, as always with our fabulous Louis Extravaganza over here. And we have the wonderful Tito Benito in the building. Yes, burlesque dancer, a.k.a. The Cuban Missile Crisis. Eso mismo. Okay. I live. <laughs> How long have I been trying to get you on this effing podcast? Yeah, it's been a minute. At least 37 years. I Yes. Dang. Like, <laughs> we would make an appointment or make, you know, make an you know, appointment or a time slot and he couldn't make it or we couldn't make it or he couldn't. I was like, oh, my God, we're never going to get this dude on the show. But I'm Finally. here. Yeah. Yes. Made it happen. Well worth the wait. Yeah, I'm sure. Yes. Thank you for having me. How yes. are you? Good, good. How are you both? Good. Looking good. Thanks. Feeling mm. great. Ew. Or are you talking about yourself? <laughs> oh, I was talking about me and Cam. But That's what I thought. That's what I thought. I, I mean, you look I cute. You're cute, too. <laughs> yeah, no. You're cute. So you just got back from Kentucky. Louisville, Kentucky? Of all places. Louisville. Yes. Tell us what you burlesquing out there? Yes. I I, I love burlesquing. Honey, I will burlesque wherever they want me to. I don't give a damn. Did you make that up? Burlesquing. That's a like, well, you burlesquing it out there. You better burlesque. Yeah, I've stripped in Des Moines, Iowa. I'll strip wherever they pay me to go. Okay. Absolutely. So what was happening in Louisville? It was the third annual Bourbon Town Burlesque Festival. And it was uh, two nights of burlesque shows, like variety, because they had a lot of like neo-vaudeville, like newer kind of vaudeville and burlesque. And then we also taught a couple classes. And yeah, it was a cute four days. Fantastic. Was this your, was it the first time? my first time there? there yes okay yeah and apparently they have a really big cuban scene there they have five cuban supermarkets and lady we don't even have one wow oh. so i guess the population is pretty crazy there i had like a cuban flag at one point during my act and when i waved it everyone started like a couple people started screaming i'm like why are yeah. these white ass people <laughs> screaming i bet you they think it's the puerto rican flag okay and, Absolutely. They came up to me afterwards and they're like, oh, my God, I'm Cuban. I couldn't even believe it. And then some of the girls were taking pictures of my tassels on my butt that I have that are Cuban flags and sending them to their mothers. And it was the most like like grinder profile picture photos I've ever seen in my life. Like (laughs) me, like doggy style back with my butt tassel. I'm like, you're sending this to your mom? Oh, my God. That's bananas. Like, who would have known? You're like, mi gente is up in here. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm sure that mom was just like, oh, how cute Cuba represents. Yeah. Well, we're going to get into the. Okay, because. The assholes in a minute. The assholes. Are they called assholes? Yes. Oh, my God. The T is silent. I can't. (laughs) You did not say the T is silent. (laughs) 
Okay, now you mentioned neo vaudeville and burlesque. Mm-hmm. What is burlesque? What is the description of burlesque, and how does that differ from vaudeville? Yeah. Well, burlesque—the idea of what it was originally was like penny theater. It was the kind of entertainment for like poor audiences. Okay. And very like run by men women were totally taken advantage of and a lot of them were like pitted against each other because there were so few of them performing and then right around like the 90s late 90s there was like a resurgence of burlesque where it became more the women were kind of taking it back and it was like a sign not a sign but like a form of empowerment for women and then queer people especially you know around the 2000s we started all kind of like figuring out a way to make it less about just entertainment and more about entertainment and empowerment of our bodies no matter what they look like no matter what our backgrounds are so burlesque the way that i kind of explain it to people is that it's theatrical stripping okay (laughs) you can still call it stripping nobody's gonna get mad we still get dollar bills thrown at us please we take venmo too now uh and i mean it's still stripping but it's just kind of a little bit more of a theatrical sensibility but at the same time you don't really want to put it in a box because there are still to this day so many new versions of burlesque being created now that the internet allows us to share and like have all of those easily accessible now i like that it's like theatrical stripping Mm -hmm. so that would be kind of like the comparison like stripping versus burlesque it's right more theater yeah absolutely. more of a tease right rather than yes. just like wham bam thank you ma'am. <laughs> i mean more pure titillation it's I'm, like we're a little bit i've the- definitely seen some burlesque that like that titillation and that teasing is like <laughs> very uh overt overt yeah we taking it to the we taking it to the line yeah but definitely it's uh it's just it's something that i think a lot of people especially like my family for like i mean i've been doing it 10 years so my family was very kind of like supportive but cubans can be judgmental especially if they don't know what is happening yeah so i few of them like my mom is maybe the only person that's ever seen me do a burlesque show that was like high quality, but the rest of them saw like bar shows and like really small things, even when I've gone to Miami to do them. Right. So they kind of had this like, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> but it's, you better get a real job. Uh, pretty much. Yeah. Like they're like, he's not even, you don't even put makeup on. Like he's not lip syncing, but he's just right. getting naked. But I also was a very, uh, when I was younger, I was very comfortable with my body, especially my butt. So a lot of them, when they oh, realize, <laughs> what'd you say? Oh, geez. Oh, yeah. Let's back up. Because I heard you mention this in a YouTube clip that you were saying you were like a little flasher, right? You like to flash your butt. Yeah. Book. When I was a little kid. <laughs> yeah. Wait, where did you grow up? In Miami. Oh, okay. So a Cuban in Miami. Yeah. Flashing your butt. Okay, great. Got it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much the only difference is now I live in LA. And the flashing I get paid for, I don't do it in, you know, an unwanted eyes anymore. I could just picture him running for like class president. Vote for me, I'll flash my butt. <laughs> I mean, like, I was like seven at Red Lobster, like flashing old ladies. And I remember thinking, no, it was, like full. No, just my butt. Okay. Like it was always my butt because. But just butt, booty naked butt? Like your. Yeah. <laughs> you like butt crack. Like, yeah, like, crack out. Why? And I, it was it was funny to me because like I always saw half the people respond really negatively and half right. of them respond like super like it was the funniest thing they've ever seen in their yes. lives. So I just never understood that. And I just remember that when I was about to turn 18, they were like, you're going to get arrested. And then that's when I stopped. You wait a minute. Okay. 
That's up, how old I was. Up till 18. Thank you, Kim. Up Thank till... you. I was like, 18? It I'm wasn't like seven to eight, maybe. Yeah, we're right? flashing five, years. Five, six, <laughs> seven, you know, it's kind of, you know, cute. Six, seven is not that cute. But, five, you know, three, four, five, it's cute. Yeah, we... Five, six, seven, ooh, boy. Yeah. Not five, yeah. six, seven, eight. Yeah, and third... Then, and then after that, oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Lewis's face Whoa. is so worried. Post third grade. It depends who you're flashing at what yes. age. Like, if, if I'm 17 <laughs> flashing a bunch of little kids, that's one thing. If you're flashing yes. a bunch of your high school friends, because you know that, especially back then, it's like a bunch of dudes. We're just stupid. We're silly. We're jumping off of roofs into pools. You know, right, it's right, a lot right, of right. the ba- main uh inspiration we had back then which is the perfect thing to explain how semi-normal this was was jackass like we were all just trying to be jackass yeah oh, like okay. the just TV fucking show. with people yeah right yeah okay. and you love was that you think the little kernel of performance just getting that reaction about because like you said it's extreme like you flashing your butt people are either like <gasps> or they're like cracking up most people were laughing yeah. but i guess i just always assumed that i would be like an actor because i never had a word for what i wanted to do right and i remember i wanted to dance but i always was so afraid of it being like you're gay especially back then like i was still in the closet so like to be a dancer even though it's a very latin like thing to be able to do yeah i just remember being so negative about it that i just never did it and i would do it in my room like closed doors you know every kind of dancing i could possibly do and just never really shared it with people. So it wasn't until, you know, a little later that I finally figured out how to do that. Yes. And was de- so how do you get in to how does it become burlesque? That is your, you know, your this chosen way to, yeah, to perform. <laughs> uh, at first, when I first heard of burlesque, like I moved from Miami to Chicago to go to school at Columbia College and I studied theater Okay. because I still was on the acting trail. And the problem that I had at school was that I can memorize things like super quick, but I just couldn't like add any emotion to it because to be honest, I just didn't have any life experience at that point. Like I was super uh, a good adjective for it is uh, ignorant and immature, like definitely how I entered And that's even why I left Miami was just to try something new. I knew that I was just being not the best version of myself. And I had just come out, so I just wanted to see how far I could take it. And my brother moved to Chicago to study film. So I was like, if he's going all the way to cold-ass Chicago, let me try it. And then I visited around spring, which is when you want to go because it's perfect there. And I fell in love and I moved there like six months later. And then I went to school and spent a while there. And a lot of my teachers, I would like talk to my acting teachers and be like, I don't know how to be an actor. I don't know how to be this person that has this like drug overdose and all these things. And they told me that to my face. They were like, you just need to go and live more. You need to go experience more things. Talk to people that don't have the same kind of ideas that you have. And I didn't know how to do that. So I dropped out of college uh, and then just started hanging out, going out all the time to clubs, hanging out with my friends. And I'm still very close to all of the friends that I made through the theater program there. And one of them specifically, uh, when I tried to do drag, because I kind of wanted to figure out a way to perform but allow myself to be the creator of what I was creating. And at that time, too, I had an agent that I would book every, like, every callback and I would never get a job. And my agent was just like, I don't understand what's going on. How, like you're charismatic. She would book me for Latino stuff, for American stuff. And it just I'd get like so many callbacks for four years. And so what are we talking like commercial yeah, TV com- stuff, everything? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Anything, anything in Chicago. And one of my friends who moved to L.A. said that it's because 
what we look like, white passing Latinos, just wasn't going to fly in Chicago. You had to look Latino, Latino, black, white, or Asian. Right. So when that happened, I was like, well, I'm not ready to go anywhere. Like, I don't know how to do that. So I tried drag and... I was like a Chichi Rodriguez, Captain Morgan hybrid, like really just low budget. <laughs> oh my God, I can't with you. I need to. We 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 got to get some pictures of that. Yeah, we do we though? need a yeah, picture we of need that? Do we need photos? Yes. <laughs> and so are Chichi you- <laughs> and Captain Morgan. Yes, we do need a picture of that. It was Cochina, like for sure. And you are you performing out like at clubs and stuff? Oh yeah, no, character? I gave okay. I gave it a good go. I gave it a good go. I started at a, on my birthday, so of course people felt sorry for me. So I won second place, <laughs> and then I tried like five different competitions throughout that year. Just tried to like you know do diff- different things and, and doing what, lip syncing. Oh yeah, no, okay, I was trying. Right. I was trying the whole femme illusion. Okay. Like it wasn't the most believable but uh and especially at that point i never performed alone so i also had that kind of like really just making it look even worse than it was like it was pretty a lot of my friends were like we need to have an intervention and like (laughs) not the drag intervention right a drag intervention (laughs) and i still to this day don't know a lot of people who have been told stop performing (laughs) drag that's so funny but i remember too that it just didn't feel like it didn't click yet. Right. Yes. So when I saw burlesque in Chicago, it was still a very, very new thing. And one of my best friends who I really admired at the time, and I still do, she's still my best friend. And we just spent this weekend together as she was one of the hosts and performers. And she, her name is Jeez Louise. She's I from Chicago and St. Louis. I love that name, right? Yeah. And she is actually currently the number one burlesque performer in the world. You better do ranked. it, Jeez Louise. And she's black, too, And she's black as fuck. Black oh, excellence. Now. She is absolutely black excellence. And she, I don't know how much of her story I can tell, but uh, she, when she started getting into burlesque, we kind of were like, so how much money are you making? And then she told us, and it was not a lot, and we right. kind of were like, we need to see this. Like, we need to see what you're doing. And we saw it, and it was just the most, like, magical, liberating experience. And it w- didn't even feel like it was my place to share anything other than just being a spectator. Right. Because it was all women cheering on all women on stage. So I knew that it wasn't a lesbian event. It was just a female art form. So mm. I never even thought that I could be a part of it and I didn't didn't even click at that time until she took me to a show that was half men and half women and then the guys were like one was Zoro ripping off his clothes with a sword and they would just fall and the other one was like uh from the matrix what's his name Neo. Neo. uh the black guy oh, oh Morpheus yes. yeah Morpheus he was Morpheus and then the other one did a towel act where uh the two prior were very muscular and serious and like I'm sexy and I'm not like that. So the last one comes on stage and he's slightly, he's still in shape, but he's slightly chubbier. And he did this towel act where he just took off the towel and it would just be a smaller towel and he would just take <laughs> it off and a smaller towel. And finally it was just like a little piece covering. Uh, that's genius. Just as junk. Right. And I was just like, what? And he was so charismatic and comedic. His name is Bazooka Joe. And together they were the stage door Johnnies. It was just like three of them kind of like, I call them the TLC of boy less. Like right. they were the shit, but they were all individually uh, important. Yes. Well, that's significant that you said that you talk about Jeez Louise and being black. And the, the reason I say that is because when you talked about in the mid nineties, 
this resurgence of burlesque. I remember that I was living in New York and it was becoming like a thing. You know, I had friends that were doing fire shows and like all this, all this stuff. I mean, it was really cool, but there wasn't a whole lot of diversity at all. Like, I mean, not in, not only in terms of color, but definitely not like boys either, right. you mm-hmm. know? So did that propel you to be like, Oh, now that I see these boys do it. Ooh, I want to do that too. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I knew that the one thing I really admired about Jeezy is that she's like cutthroat honest. Like she's not going to sugarcoat anything just to make your feelings feel good. Like she's right. going to be your friend. Yeah. So I remember saying, do I have a place? And she was like, are you kidding me? That's why I shot you. <laughs> so you better come on and do this burlesque. And honestly, she helped me with my first act, which was like Diana King shy guy from like the old bad boys movie. Yes. And then, um, <laughs> Rihanna Ruboy was just like a nerd going hot, like simple, just to get myself out there. And uh, I knew I could dance because when I went to college, I got drunk at a Halloween party once and I just started dancing. And everybody was like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> what? Can I cuss? Oh, yeah. I yes. Oh, yes. Um, I love how every I know, and then I, that's why guest I, says that. Can I cuss? And I was Do like, you not listen I? to this podcast? <laughs> and I know that they ask that every time. And I was they like, why that. am I asking that? Because uh, you're a good Latino boy. That's right. Yeah. It just sometimes comes out where you just feel like you're like supposed to not I know, exactly. say certain things. Yeah. But that was honestly the first time that I ever thought that I could dance because somebody else had watched it and not, uh, I don't know. And even till that point, like, I still needed that guidance. Like, she is technically younger than me, but she's my mother. Like, she's the one that still to this day, if I have any sort of questions, I call her up. And she's always been, like, two years ahead of me in the game. Right. On top of, like, 15 years ahead of me in talent. But, uh, yeah, honestly, every kind of choice I made. And I made a lot of, like, dumber choices 10 years ago because the Internet was still forming. You know, there wasn't really, like, uh, the PC understanding other people's stories and how easy it is for you to just share your experiences especially in burlesque where it's like you can tell when someone isn't genuine and there is nothing in the world worse than watching someone not be genuine when they're stripping because it just reads on every part of their body and to watch someone like take off their clothing uncomfortably is super just like jarring to watch right and super awkward yeah like you feel sorry for that person it's like oh no stop just just stop well you do the dreaded like uh, I'm clapping for you because I feel sorry for you. And that's Ugh. the complete opposite of burlesque. Uh, like, it's right. very like, this is my body and I'm owning it no matter what I look like. And I feel sexy and you just, it's contagious. Did it take you a while to get to that point? Like, this is my body, I'm owning it, you know, and here it is. This is my burlesque. Or was it, a, did it take like some getting used to? I don't think the body part, I was also 50 pounds lighter back then. Uh, and biking <laughs> everywhere. And so I was, I don't think the body was ever an issue for me. Right. The, it took me a while to realize that the butt was the seller because I was skinnier back then too. So it just wasn't the same look that it has now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to <laughs> me, Jesus I mean, it's <laughs> literally a different a being. It's literally a different being. Uh, I didn't really care so much. I, I enjoyed the political fuck you to the system of being like, if they're going to accept me for being a man and I could just be a man and I don't have to be a man. Not that there's anything wrong with any form of burlesque, but the way that I wanted to do was I just wanted to be a masculine boy giving a 
masculine counterpart to the females that were doing it. I right. didn't want to be a guy dressed like a girl. Right. Right. Doing right. Burlesque, right. Which right. there's nothing wrong with that. And a million people do it well, but I still don't do that well. Right. So I enjoyed the idea of being able to direct my own art and figure out. Cause at that point, remember everyone's been telling me no. So when I did my first burlesque audition, I was so prepared for them to say, go fuck yourself. And when they said, yeah, I know that the timing was right because there was no men doing it. And I know that that was the only reason why I kept doing it was because I was like, the rarity of me really propelled me to do a lot of things that I would not have been able to do if I was female. My costumes were shit. I didn't have no rhinestones for like five (laughs) years. So I know that I definitely played off of the advantage I had being male and rare in the field for sure. Right. So what was your first, what was that first show that you auditioned for? Uh, they were called Vodzilla in Chicago, and they're still uh, hanging out. It is a very long, it was a very long, like, 1030, two different shows, 1030 to, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, biker no. bar. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Wow. The long. dressing room was, like, 14 <laughs> people <laughs> in what a small that's, room. That's like a ball, please. A ball is, like, true, 18 hours. It's true, but I... And more nudity. And more nudity. It was, it was, but it, at the same time, too, there was... This was getting new to us, too, in Chicago. So right, it was right. still very exciting. And the audience, I mean, I watched a few burlesque shows before I ever did it because, and I just, like, every time I was like, man, I want to do this. And yeah. it took me a while to like the performer that I was. And I'm talking about, like, I moved to L.A. and I still didn't enjoy it. But I just went off of what everyone said. Like, if people were keep booking me, I'm not going to really clown myself too much. I'm just going to quietly work on my shit and try to be better. Right. right. So... What did you do? What was the act? Uh, the first one was the Shy Guy Turn Hot. Oh, okay. The thing was, when I first started burlesque, since I didn't think it was going to last very long, I had a new act every month. Oh. So, like, the first one was that one. The second one, because the when I went to audition, all the girls were like, oh, my God, that's amazing. That's such a great act. And then the guy in the crowd, who was also, like, the co-creator of the troupe, he was the only one kind of sitting there like, so what else you got? And I was like, uh. That's I, pretty much it. Why you gotta shout me out though? (laughs) I remember that question kind of from theater being like, give them some improv. And I was like, well, I'm Cuban, so I definitely want to hit that. So I was like, well, I have a Cuban balsero like immigrant act. And then he was like, oh, okay. To what song? And I was like, Desi Arnaz. Like Celia Cruz. (laughs) Just making it up right there on the spot. I was like, you white Um, as fuck. You don't give a shit, sir. And then he was like, what other act do you got? And my third one was a voguing like act because I was like, I want to do. Like, I had a list of shit that I wanted to do, but I was like, there's no way this is going to last. So I just kind of went off the list. Right. Right. So and then once they started booking me because I was the only guy, I just was like, all right, let's try different shit. Because they also videotaped at that time. So it was a good teacher as someone who wasn't a performer to watch it and be like, how do I feel about it? And I'm very hard on myself, but I like that because it's propelled me to move quicker and trying to figure out how to do it on my own. So when is Cuban Missile Crisis born? before anything like i was like i'm not doing burlesque unless i have a name cuban missile crisis was just something that was like originally supposed to be the name and to this day even jeezy's like i still think you should just be known as the cuban missile crisis but i was like that sounds too like uh uppity and i knew my character needed to be the kind of part of me that was like humble but also uh the acts are bigger than life but the actual like persona i didn't want it to be different than who i was as a person like i still wanted to be me yes and so i was like 
at that time, me and her, my best friend, had a kind of like podcast thing, but it was for uh, Ustream. So that's not even old school, but it is semi. <laughs> Uh, and she, the show was like G's Louise and Anthony Carasa. So it just wasn't like, like catchy. Right. So it was like, I wanted my name to sound Latino cause I want to represent and I wanted to rhyme, but I don't care what else. And I just asked everyone to kind of think of ideas. And my mom was like Havana banana. I love your mom. And I was like, that's actually pretty dope. I like that. <laughs> right. And then she Havana was Havana banana. Can you imagine? And she's like the Bay of pigs of burlesque. No. Uh, <laughs> But she goes, what about Tito Bonito? And I was like, no, I don't like that. And she goes, true, everyone's going to butcher it and say Tito Bonito. And when she said it, it's just my soul was like, that's the name. Like, there's a tit and there's a bone in there. Like, everything <laughs> kept coming out, like, so organically that I was like, I have to just give it a shot. Yeah. Like, try it out. And, you know. That's- so Tito Bonito is not your government name? But now everyone knows, so they can Google it. Yeah, <laughs> you can I love go- it. So you're Tito Bonito, the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yes, yes. I live. I fucking love. You didn't go only because you mentioned this before with the guys, the two guys who did like this Chippendale Z routine where they were muscular, and then the other guy did more of a comedic thing. Mm-hmm. You went that route, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, but you won some awards tell us about that i am a sore loser normally so (laughs) i've only done like two competitions in the 10 years i've been doing burlesque uh and i've never done them to win i was always just like the burlesque hall of fame is something that happens every year it's part of the burlesque hall of fame museum that is dedicated to keeping the art of burlesque and all the different forms of burlesque alive and it's in vegas so at that point there is a queen of burlesque kind of competition and then there's other little like smaller competitions on the same night but um i had like submitted a couple of acts before and just never got in so when i moved to la uh i spent some time just like working on my shit and finally like 2017 i submitted this like boy scout act to Nicki minaj anaconda and at that time, I wanted to submit my Cuban one because I was like, I got to represent, you know, I got But uh, all my friends were like, it's the Boy Scout Act. So I just submitted it, didn't care. And then it got most comedic, which was pretty. I, and it was shocking because it was my first time ever really trying to compete. And my mom flew all the way to Vegas. So I was like, man, if I lose, like, at least I have my, <laughs> my mom here to run my back. Yeah. <laughs> but it was really cool to like win for, and for also my mom to see that burlesque was bigger than the small bullshit that i had been subjecting her to well and most people think burlesque as one thing right that it's just like oh you know she comes out she probably has a feather fan you know a mm-hmm. feathered fan and she's covering her private parts or whatever blah 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 but it's actually you know more broad than that and it was really must have been really nice for your mom to see that this was a more wider space spectrum of talent that her son was partaking in and every and it's the biggest convention in the world so like everyone comes out from all over so you're gonna get acts that you're never gonna see anywhere else like and especially like japan don't play with burlesque so like really you really it it's harder to get people to come because it is still a like uh benefit for the museum and for the legends who were doing burlesque before us so they have like a whole night where they just allow all of the legends that are alive and can make it there to just 
have a moment on stage to walk it. And I mean, they go from the 30s to the 40s and every decade has their own little moment to shine. Wow. And it is one of the most like amazing experiences because it's these people are alive and not only are talking to us and telling us everything that's different, but they're also we're learning so much from them on how to do things different. And just even them, like they're figuring out like there was no social media. There was no any sort of way to link each other up back then so it's like they are so proud of like how we are actually community because it was so divisive back in the day too so it's really cool to like share the stories and to get them drunk as shit because (laughs) they love to party the legends love it i'm sure i mean you could hear the crowd was super hype when you're doing the and it's on youtube you guys if you want to go and watch it the performance is so cute thank you you know i'm sure for your mom to be there and see the crowd like going bananas you know which are breakaway Boy Scout shorts. Yes. You know, the unzip. Which the is, unzipped. it's your signature act. I would say yes. Yeah, because when I was first uh, looking up your videos, that one was the one that stood out for me too. Yeah. And, and the Robin. <laughs> I'm surprised DC Comics doesn't come for me for the Robin one, but <laughs> I, originally the Boy Scout 2 was sort of a fuck you to the Boy Scouts because they were so anti-gay and yes. so like anti femininity right so yeah i was like I, what is who is the gayest boy scout ever like and even a couple straight dudes like every time they come to shows if they're boy scouts none of them have been offended they're all like oh my god i used to be spread eagle scout and all this like weird <laughs> oh, wow. shit that you hear and you're like oh tell me more <laughs> tell me more about yeah, your I, dates. Oh, okay <laughs> I'm clutching my pearls here. But now, of course, it's so inclusive, quote unquote. So it's less about that. And I've done it for a while. So I'm trying to retire that one for a minute. But everyone loves it. And it's, you know, it has, I think, what I try to do with my burlesque is I try to like bridge a bunch of different gaps. So it's like, there's people that are going to love Sir Mix a lot. There's people going to love Nicki Minaj. And then there's people that are going to love the vintage aspect of a Boy Scout. So even with Robin, it's kind of like that. Like I try to use newer music with an older. Uh, character-ish, you know, just to try to bridge gaps so I'm not just doing, like, something that only a certain generation is going to understand. Yes, and even with the style, you know, you break out with the, you know, you're giving us twerking, and then you come out with the ta- with the assholes, and it's all of that, which, where, are you the first person to use those? Not even close. Not I- even cl- They actually don't have a record of the first person to do that. They do have someone who I can mention, but I love the idea of when I went searching for the answer of who actually did it first. Yes. Uh, I was speaking to one of the like icons in the burlesque scene who's Indigo Blue, and she's just been an amazing experience for my whole career. But she was the one that was like, the problem with the history of burlesque is that the only documents that are out are going to be very whitewashed. It's only going to be white experiences. Right. And in that case, we know that that's not always the true one. So we like to say this is where it was first documented, but this may not be the first person. And we know that clearly not a white person invented assholes. Like, Okay, but you got to explain what which makes assholes sense. are to... Our listeners, even though I'm sure they know what it is. I bet you there's some people that are like, uh, there are tassels for your butts, (laughs) tassels for your ass. I want my titties. I'm so immature right now. (laughs) (laughs) Am I not putting tassels on my butt and shaking them around? (laughs) They're my bottom breasts, if you will. And not just shaking them around, like masterly giving them, 
you know, giving you fever with the. <laughs> how did you learn how to do that? Yeah. Uh, I still don't know if I'm doing them right. I just go based off of the audience <laughs> responding. No, oh, I'm really? kidding. No, I'm kidding. No. Oh, okay. I like, really? No, I actually never even had assholes till maybe five years ago, like halfway into my burlesque. Okay. Uh, and I saw this one performer, Bunny Galore, who was like a stripper at a burlesque festival in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And she did turn down for what? It's like a stewardess. And she had every, like, if you think I do it good, look up Bunny Galore. She is still the jam. Uh, that was the first time that I saw assholes done in a way. That wasn't the first time I ever saw them done, but just in a way where I was like, Damn. captivated like the youtube video of the first time that i ever saw it is on youtube and you can hear me in the audience just losing my damn mind like going, <laughs> like because i just it's really rare especially when you see so much of any sort of art form to be like shocked and like amazed so i remember that was like it's still something that i can like memorize every like thing she did in that act because right. and i even asked her like i was like girl can i start doing this and she was like i didn't invent it do it just don't look like an asshole <laughs> yeah because ne- i don't think i've ever seen them yeah i definitely did I've not never invent seen- it yeah you're turning it out and, and there's i also- think the word i was looking for earlier was masterfully thank you i said masterly that's not a real word people <laughs> i still like the compliment thank you <laughs> so your family is good with your burlesque yeah they i got a really once in a lifetime dr- job where uh Miami was flying me out once a month to work at this Cuban cabaret with like the people working the show and the actual venue were all Cuban from like Havana, like two years prior. Like some of them were working at the Tropicana. So my whole family was like, all right, so apparently they're flying them out. This must be legit. Let's go. And like, kid you not, they all showed up to every kind of weekend and was just sitting there like, we'll see. And then when I, I was hosting and performing. So I really got to like, do everything and they like popcorn raw like oh like what (laughs) with i think it's just when you don't know something you have you go straight to like worst case scenario yeah of course so even though there's nothing wrong with it they're like porn drag like all these things that it's like even though i wish like i don't do that so it's not even what it is so they all just even my grandmother tried to fake going to the hospital and like miss like one of the shows <laughs> no. and then finally i lost like the old I did, fake hospital can fake you out. Yeah. i was like fine don't watch it like you don't have to watch a show i don't want to like make anyone see it that doesn't want to see it yes but at the same time my whole family was like telling her you don't understand like it's not as bad as you think it's amazing it's like exa- he's just himself on stage and she finally got to see it and she did not stop talking about when's the next time he's coming? When's the next time he's coming? Oh, that's so, so that's awesome. Sweet. That's that was the part where I was like, damn, art is really magical. Like, yeah. You, oh, yeah. That is when I kind of was like, there's no hold barred. Like, I'm going to just keep going at this till I, till the wheels pop off. Right. So, you were talking about your body when you started, you were thinner. And the thing about burlesque, it's interesting that so you came and took Lewis's Vogue workshop. The last time we all took the class, you took oh my the God, class. He was so good too. It was God. fantastic. But there were definitely, you know, there were some guys there who were more muscular and it definitely, I think it does affect the way you move. Mm-hmm. Right. And you have these big lats and arms. And so Although that one guy was like turning you know, it, you know, he was. I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> you got to wear with them. Yeah, but, I, but I agree. But I agree with Kim. It, it, sometimes, you feel like the body or the all that muscle gets in the way, right? Yes. Yeah. So is there a burlesque? Is it just is 
I, th- I guess that's the the cool thing about it is that can it can be such a range. But do you find that it's easier not to be like this chiseled, <laughs> you know, stiff? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea how to answer that because I don't think, especially for men in this field, I don't think that I think it's easy in the sense of like if you are talented, you're easy to work with. Like right. you know, like the general stuff that some people don't get. Uh, if you can do that, I think honestly, I've enjoyed n- being thicker, especially in my recent years, because it took me a while to start working like the gay clubs. And then once I started working the gay clubs, it was unanimous where all these guys were like, we love that you're not ripped. We love that you yeah. are thick and loving it. And that's what the girls feel. So, right. I always kind of struggle because I feel like when I was skinnier, I was a better dancer hmm. and I didn't rely on comedy as much. I actually did try like to make acts that were all different and a lot of them had different forms of dancing but as i got thicker i really and i started hosting more i started relying on comedy so now i'm kind of struggling with the like i know that i want my body to change i don't want to be like super muscular but i want it to be something where i do think that if you want to break out of burlesque and get a little bit more mainstream in whatever sense that works right you do have to look a little bit more quote-unquote mainstream so and i do think that i have lost opportunities because i was thick but at the same time i'm very i'd rather the universe send me the right stuff that is bigger than just me than me just be like on the fast track to fame which is not what i want at all like i just want money and i want to make art and i want to help other people do that yes all right, really quick. Your first of all, when you say thick, ladies and gentlemen who are listening, he's not obese. <laughs> <laughs> he's a normal-looking guy. I don't think you're. Yeah, you know, it's crazy that we're that we're saying thick. Yeah, yeah. right. I'm yeah. like just you thick you're thick. I'm thick in my. Do you want me to stand up and show you my butt? Because I can I show it through these pants. Okay, let's all calm down. <laughs> You are very, uh, dare I say, normal, you you know, and very nice bodied. Let's just leave it at that. But talking about like body type, body shape and where do you want to go? What else do you hope to do as a performer? Do you want to take this burlesque and morph it into something else? Or yeah, because you, you mentioned mainstream. To? Exactly. Right. Uh like I always kind of compare it to drag where drag I feel like can be mainstream because children can access it. I don't think burlesque children should be accessing it. Uh, I think that there are healthy ways for children to kind of understand the idea of just your bodies and sexuality, but the adult humor and cheekiness of burlesque is just so like i don't need 13 year olds on the internet having like an opinion on it when i say mainstream i mean like dita like things that Mm, are where i can be doing it for a long like some people are like what are you gonna do when you're older and i'm like they're gonna call me a legend like that's hello like especially that i started so young like i know i mean i didn't start that young but i definitely started you know 10 years ago so it hasn't slowed down since and it's only like gotten bigger and better. So I just like the idea of bringing burlesque as mainstream as possible to things like, like I, if I was in a music video for big dipper and putting tassels on my butt for, cause it was a car wash video and I'm cleaning the car with my tassels, like things like that, where even though I'm not doing anything new, 
bringing the idea of acceptance into the mainstream, which is not that I, you know, invented it, but just adding to that is kind of what I mean by that. So like creating shows where people can see it and can access them like gay bars. There's not really a big presence of burlesque in gay bars. For some reason, burlesque and drag don't even really mesh a lot of the times, but they go so well together. And the shows that I have seen where they do blend, they are so much better because the audience gets, you know, a variety. They don't just see the same glove like reveals for an entire night. So I'm still trying to figure out what mainstream means, but it doesn't mean the like, I want children to watch it on a competition show. Do you know? Uh, yes. Oh, yes. I do. <laughs> Plus burlesque. That was would, so mom. She's bur- like, yes, I do. Yeah, burlesque would be weird too yeah. as a competition. That's why I kind of I don't like competition, but at the same time, I understand the necessity of it. But burlesque, it's like, how do you compete when everyone being different is the goal? Like you having your own voice. How do you say that that's better than someone else? Like it's just different. Yeah. And sort of what is appealing about it, what you talked about, the sense of community and like people supporting each other and cheering each other on. It's like you don't want to take that element out of it. Right. That seems like that's the the sort of the the magic to it. But I think it helps people too. I think competition is just what people think works because it's like it's sports. It's everything has that. So I understand the necessity of it, but I just like even shows that I start now, it's like I remember thinking, what can I do that sets me apart from other shows? And the only thing I could think of was don't make it a competition. And that alone, just giving like new voices a, ch- a chance to shine, to have video so they can see it and see how they feel about their performance. To me, everyone walks away like a little bit better than they showed up Yes. than if one person won. Because somebody's going to walk out of their salty if, you know, it's a competition. But right. no one will if... You know, you all got paid and you performed. Exactly. Okay. Are, what are you? I'm so sorry to interrupt. You. Are you burlesquing down to nothing, or are, is there still something covering your? Uh, you the know, bits and pieces. The bits and pieces of yourself. <laughs> I need to be the bits and pieces of burlesque. Uh, yes, I personally am always down to a thong. And then actually oh, okay. the nipples I always cover because it's kind of like solidarity for the women who can't of show course, their nipples. Of course, of yeah. course. Oh, okay. So, okay. So, Phew. here's I my question. I don't know why so <laughs> Well, I, I mean, listen. You can We're also- about to see one of your shows and I'm not trying to see all your bits and pieces. Oh, no, I'll, so, t- I'll you know, tell you what you're in I love for, you for very sure. much and I support you, but, you know, I can... I can well, well, hold I on can, a second. Blonde Ambition, there were some moments. You know? Yes, but we still all covered all our bits and pieces. Well, yeah, you did. Some little calls, <laughs> some bras <laughs> popping. <laughs> yeah, but I think, is that Berlin? Nobody really gets... It depends. Make. New York, oh. New York has a couple of you know places where you can, and even New Orleans, there is a couple of venues where like the producers will say, if you would like to get naked, you can. Wow. I enjoy the idea of like it sounds leaving a little bit of mystery, right? Yeah. I do want to date, and I do feel like it's the one thing that I have that I know the right partner will understand that it's like I'm saving something for you, baby. Right. Like, you know. Right. I ain't putting it all out here on the stage. Right. Okay, last question about that is just a practical, you know, when you're coming out, you have fans, you have the assholes, the little zip away. Sure. Where do you get this stuff? Like, is there a store? Is there a burlesque marketplace? Like, where do you buy breakaway 
shorts. Listen, that is the that is the untapped market. We I'm need saying. to start a burlesque supermarket. I'm, I'm saying. saying. I get a lot of stuff, especially when I'm trying to do a character like Boy Scout or police officer. I try to get the stuff real. Like that Boy Scout outfit is a real Boy Scout outfit from the shorts. Like it says Boy Scout oh emblem, God. the sash, like everything is real. And then you can just get costume designers to kind of spruce it up. I rhinestone and then uh, I haven't really mastered sewing or even a little bit. Right. So but you can be dazzled. Yeah, yeah, I can rhinestone. I can glue some stuff to some <laughs> yeah. stuff. Right. But the tearaway part, I usually give to a costume designer. And then fans, like stuff like that. There are a bunch of people that make different things. And honestly, the real crazy part of it is that like even fans, when I first wanted to get feather fans, like traditional feather fans, yeah. YouTube has tutorials to make them. And wow. I am, I'm not, my crafty. hands are, yeah, I'm not crafty. <laughs> so I was, I tried and then I just was like, I'd rather have someone that does this pay, you know, them yeah. and then give it back to, you know, the community. Cause it's like, I don't want to walk out of there with some weird ass shit that's just breaking apart. Right. Cause that's my crafts usually. So really quick, you spoke about, you have cop routine as yeah. well. Yes. Of course. I also caught this on YouTube. So you take handcuffs out of nowhere. You want to explain that? Uh, yes. <laughs> and how do you keep that from the, Okay, wait. I'm not falling out of your routine. So Kim is like, what are you talking well, about? Well, tell Kim. You got to tell I can't what, do it. What tell are we talking Kim. about here? My brother's a cop, first of all. I'll say that. <laughs> Just to start it off wrong. I live. Uh, <laughs> and when I was like, I've always wanted to be a cop because I think it's like sexy. And I just, you know, always trying to come up with new characters. Yes. So uh, there was a show called Marijuana Madness. And it was a burlesque cabaret but like story theatrical production of the history of cannabis prohibition. And I was the host and the producer was like, I want you to be like a, like old school kind of like, um, what's his name? Harry Anslinger kind of character where you just like super like political and against marijuana. And then like, you also are a cop. And then I was like, boom, I have to be a cop. So I started performing in the gay clubs and I was like, damn, I'm going to have the same bullshit. I'm going to have the same tassels, the same assholes. And all these drag queens in this show have backup dancers and all this shit. And I danced to Sade. Is it a crime? <laughs> so it's very slow burn. Like right. it takes a while. And every time I perform, especially in new audiences, I get the same first awkward minute of like people trying to figure out what I'm doing. Cause they're just like, he ain't got no makeup on. He's not lip syncing to this. What the hell is he doing? Right. And then it's like the second clothing reveal that they're like, oh, he's getting naked. <laughs> like they, it, you could see it. And then yes. they start cheering. Right. So for that one, I was like, I don't know what to do to like step it up. And I was a cop. It was at precinct. So it was just like, you know, my Santeria type of shit was like, oh, this is too good. <laughs> and um, it was for the Boulay brothers, their weekly like show that they had. And all of a sudden, I was like, what can I do to set myself apart? Like, what can I do in this act? And it goes into Trina Pullover, that ass too fat too. So I was like, what can I do in that moment right before? And I just looked at my handcuffs prop and I just put them in my butt. <laughs> and I said. <laughs> I just want to be clear that we were talking and I don't about what them, I thought. Yeah, I don't put them directly into my butt, but my butt is so thick that the cheeks can hold them Safely, snug, snug in there. So you whip those out. The crowd must go insane. They were even, and, and the funny thing was, the only people I showed were the Boulay brothers because I was like, 
if I'm going to just, when they walk in, I'm going to say, can you see these handcuffs? And they were like, what? And I pulled them out. And when they gagged, I was like, oh, yeah, oh, this yeah. is like, the gag. This, is it. this yeah. is it. That was the first time I did it. And the audience received it so well. It's weird because people take too long. It takes too long to get to that point. But when it does, it's like the same energy as if like the Boy Scout were it's that the whole time. Yes. So, you know, switch it up on them. And, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So where can people see you perform? I have at least like one show a week. Uh, I have every first Tuesday, Tribe Tuesdays at the Falls Lounge, mostly in downtown LA. Okay. Every second Thursday, I produce and host this all-inclusive LGBTQIA drag burlesque music kind of neo vaudeville variety showcase at Redline. Love it. And that one's called the Pansy Craze Peep Show. And then the third Wednesday, I'm at Faultline and I host and produce an all-male burlesque show. We don't really have a name for it other than Boyless just to put that name out there because funny enough, Boyless, the term was invented in L.A. And we have the smallest scene in the country. So, L.A. does? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was until a couple of recent performers. It was just me and uh, a black performer, Kirby LaBrea. And then everyone else kind of kind of up and down do it, but not really like trying to take it anywhere past L.A. Right. Uh, so that one is happening and it's pretty good they're all kind of you know working themselves out and then i also host a show that i do not produce but it is an epic extravaganza uh called tease if you please at the exchange in downtown la and that one is uh more of a classic burlesque showcase but like on an epic scale me and kim want to come we're gonna bring our uh editor producer david too whenever y'all want you let me know I would love that. That's okay, not yes. even a joke. Yes, we have to go. Yeah, I'm in. Absolutely, definitely. When is the next field I mean, trip? It, yeah, when is it? I mean, is it reoccurring? Like, Tease If You Please is monthly, and then every other show I have is monthly as well. And then TitoBonito.com, that website is too updated. Like, it always has everything. That right? was my next question. How can people follow you, search you? See your shows and all that good stuff. I'm very Googleable. You're you can, Googleable. I'm Get into Tito, the Googles. Tito Bonito is very much in the Googles. Uh, my website has like all my Instagram and social medias and stuff like that. But most people, especially if I say my name is Tito Bonito nowadays, I'm starting to realize that people don't really make the association because most people follow me on Instagram. And then when they hear Cuban Missile Crisis, they go, oh, shit, I know oh, who yes. you are. Right. Yes. So that's uh, the one that most people would know me from Instagram. And the IG is Cuban Missile Crisis. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Tito Benito. Come on, Tito Benito. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for finally coming <laughs> on the show. It was a delight. Thank you for having me. It was an honor. I really appreciate it. Oh, my God. Uh, come see me get naked. Oh, yes, yeah, we're gonna come sure. see you get <laughs> sort of naked. Yeah, we're gonna cover my. I'm gonna cover my eyes. <laughs> You're gonna then, watch it like my brother does, because my brother watches me perform, where he will watch the audience, and he'll tell me to my face, he'll be like, "I didn't watch you. I've seen your ass too much." He's, but he'll say that he would be like, "I'll watch," and especially it's like shocking that like these dudes that don't even want to watch the girls perform, they when they watch you, it's like they can't even stop because they're just like their mind is so blown. So I was like, "Oh my god, that's the nicest thing." <laughs> Audience. Don't watch my police. <laughs> I love it. We're definitely going to come and watch you. Thank you so much for coming. Again, they can uh, look you up at titobenito.com. Correct. titobenito.com. You can look me and Kim up on our Insta work podcast. Come subscribe. Live. Give a, yeah, live. 
Give us, give us some stars, the whole madness. <laughs> the reviews. Yes. yes. We'll take them. We'll take them. All right. <laughs> Bye, you guys. Bye. Bye. Okay, now stand up and pull your pants down. Yeah. <laughs>